Welcome back to Africa Science Focus, the weekly science and development show from SciDevNet. I am Ogechi Ekeanyo. Currently, Eastern and Southern Africa have the highest HIV-AIDS burden in the world. HIV, human immunodeficiency virus, targets the body's immune system, making it harder for the body to defend itself and fight against diseases. The most advanced stage of HIV infection is called Acquired Immunodeficiency Syndrome, AIDS, and it is life-threatening. With early diagnosis and access to effective treatments, people infected with HIV won't go on to develop AIDS. However, there are enormous inequalities in accessing HIV treatment. Oftentimes, it is women and girls in low- to middle-income countries who are at the end of the queue. The World AIDS Day is commemorated on the 1st of December each year. This year, the theme was equalized and the reason? Treatment for HIV AIDS are not equally accessible around the world. In this episode, our reporter Michael Kaloki has been speaking to Anne Gisuki Shongwe, UNAIDS Regional Director for Eastern and Southern Africa, about the inequalities faced by the people on the African continent in accessing HIV treatment. We are calling for the equalization of access to best medicine and uh, and science. And we say this because, um, as you know, if we look back at COVID um, and uh, in terms of HIV treatment, there has definitely been unequal access to treatment. Uh, you know, the cutting-edge, long-acting medicines for HIV are available right now in New York. They're available in London, in parts of Europe. But they're out of reach for people here. Um, and so it is really, really not, um, you know, not fair across the world. We are not accessing new technologies as they come. As you know, uh, when um, AIDS treatment came into play, uh, you know, uh, a couple of decades ago, we, about 12 million people in Africa died. They lost their lives where, when there was treatment available. Um, it was priced out of reach. Uh, the supply chains were not reaching us, um, and we couldn't afford it in any case. And so the biggest issue, I think, is that there is a lag, a huge lag, by the t- you know from when the drugs are launched in developed countries to when we have affordable, um, accessible uh, uh, drugs in developing countries. Now, within communities in countries on the continent, there are also inequalities in access to resources for the management of HIV AIDS. Why is this the case? We're making progress in some areas. Um, Let me start there, and I think it's important. We've made progress in reducing new infections. Um, In some countries, it ranges anywhere from 40% to 60% uh, reduction of new infections, which is good news. The, 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 the difficult news is that it is not fast enough. If we're going to be able to reach, we're about a third where we expect it to be, uh, by now. And so it is, it is, it is reducing, but it is not reducing fast enough. And the reason that this is the case is that there are inequalities that drive higher risk and higher risky behavior. So we see violence against women, um, continues to persist. And when there's violence involved, uh, for adolescent girls, for, for men, uh, I mean, uh, older women, when we see this kind of violence, um, it really means that they don't have the opportunity to prevent 
for themselves um, prevent the transmission of HIV. So that's one big issue. Um, um, just economic uh, uh, pressure is a big, big issue. And so we see that um, girls in schools, even in universities, um, uh, women who need to feed their children are engaged in very risky transactional sex. Um, some are formal sex work, but others are really just in um, transactional sexual relations, which are very, very high risk and place them uh, and really in a, in a position where HIV transmission becomes, um, you know, it's 50, 60, 70% chance of getting infected with HIV. Uh, we also see one very, very big uh, grief concern, and that is that um, transmission to babies continue, and many children are giving birth to children themselves. You've heard in Kenya about the issue of the triple threat. Um, and so this is something that we're seeing, that we still have about 8% transmission to babies in general in our region. But a country like Botswana has been able to reduce this to 2%. And so they are positioned to ending uh, mother-to-child transmission, and they've been approved for what we call silver tier path to elimination. So there is hope uh, on the one hand, but on the other hand, we still see these um, issues persisting. With some groups more susceptible to HIV infection, it is important that everyone is able to access the healthcare they need. We spoke to Eva Kiwango, the country director of UNAIDS South Africa, about the state of healthcare access for those with HIV AIDS in South Africa. South Africa has made progress in reducing um, the disease burden of HIV um, as well as TB. However, these diseases continue to be a major public health problem. And despite efforts and incredible advances, um, um, access to healthcare for those with HIV in South Africa, um, the fight is not over. So incredible advances to access, but the fight is not over. This week, UNAIDS launched a powerful new report called Dangerous Inequalities. And in it, we called the world's attention to a painful reality we are not on track to end AIDS by 2030. And the key reason is inequality. So that South Africa has reduced AIDS-related deaths by 72% over the past decade. And for those living with um, HIV, um, access to treatment has soared. You know, a substantive number of people in this country have now have access uh, to treatment. Um, and but despite more than 5 million people, um, of the estimated 8 million people living with HIV, uh, being on life-saving antiretrovirals, South Africa did not meet the 2020 UNAIDS 1990-90 targets, which is 90% of people knowing their HIV status, 90% of those on ARVs, um, and 90% of those on treatment being virally suppressed. So the current... Um, 90-90-90 targets for South Africa is 93% of people knowing their HIV status, 73% of those on ARVs, antiretroviral treatment, and 88% of those on treatment are vir virally suppressed. So access to treatment, while we've made tremendous progress, there are still 2.5 million people living with HIV who are not on treatment. So there's an equity in reaching the 95, the new 95-95 targets. And only 67% of adult men living with HIV are on treatment. 
And this is because of health system shortcomings and harmful masculinities that are discouraging men from seeking care. Many men who receive a positive diagnosis for HIV um, do not get onto treatment or they start and later stop. And the inequity between children and adults is even more pronounced, with just over half of children living with HIV on life-saving medicine. And with the science that we have today, no baby should be born with HIV and no child who has HIV should be without treatment. So we are leaving the most at risk behind. And that is why South Africa has joined with um, joined a global um, initiative uh, led by UNICEF, WHO and UNAIDS to close this treatment gap for children. So we are moving. But we need to scale up approaches that work um, to improve health access, including person-centered, people-centered, differentiated delivery of health services. So the global target for 2025 is to make sure that 95% of people at risk of HIV infection um, are able to access um, you know, appropriate person-centered combination prevention options. And I have a strong belief that South Africa will achieve this target um, because there's strong political and civil society leadership. It's the yawning gap between rich and poor that makes getting to grips with HIV and AIDS such a challenge. So what can be done? We're back to Anne Gisuki Shongwe to discuss how to address the inequalities in accessing healthcare on the African continent. We have to continue to push for affordable, um, long-acting treatments for Africa, just as the developed world has. We are engaged very, very strongly and we're advocating with all our partners to ensure that we can manufacture and produce this long-acting treatment ourselves. That's the one. The second one is that community-led service delivery really complements health service uh, uh, health services most effectively as i shared from visiting um uh these street clinics of people who inject drugs um the same for uh, peer support networks who are linked uh, outreach workers who are linked to healthcare providers across the region in every country they have this models um, they are so effective because they go into the communities, then they track um, people who are on treatment and people who need to be on treatment. They look out for young pregnant women and make sure that they go in for antenatal care. You know, these are models of community-led service delivery that are very, very effective, but they, they're not well-resourced. And so we, um, in our, our work at UNAIDS, have uh, a, a new target in the political declaration for UNAIDS that is called the 30, 60, 80 um, uh, community-led service delivery uh, targets, where we're really pushing to make sure that 30% of all uh, health services for people living with HIV and for prevention of HIV are led by communities, are led by the people themselves who experienced this. So in this instance, those who were doing the community outreach for the people who inject drugs um, were people themselves who have been drug uh, users and are now, um, you know, 
have 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 come through it themselves and are now able to support others because they have gone through the experience. Um, the same with with women and girls, and working more and more with uh, community organizations uh, who work and serve girls in terms of prevention of violence, in terms of um, prevention of you know access to sexual and reproductive health services. Working with organizations that know this work, that do this work, that themselves have experienced this, is a really, really important new way of working to just increase and invest in these community-led service providers. It is work that we have done a little bit, but it is work that we want to push much, much stronger for. And the last point really is to say that we have to prevent girls' um, uh, continued uh, vulnerabilities, keeping them in school. And we have an initiative called the Education Plus Initiative. The Education Plus initi Initiative seeks to get every girl who needs to be in school, in school. Um, and when she's at school, have these plus services that keeps her protected um, from, from new infections and keeps her as long as possible from getting infected um, is, is important. I have one last one. Children. We have recently launched the Global Alliance um, for Pediatrics, really to keep children on treatment and making sure that this indictment that we have, where we're keeping our children uh, uh, infected with HIV and we're unable to keep and have them all on treatment. So a focused and targeted effort to make sure that every one of these children has to be on treatment and has to be kept on treatment and we have to track them. Uh, continuously, and then also ensuring that the prevention of mother-to-child transmission is completely eliminated, or we will never end AIDS. That's all from us at Africa Science Focus today. If you want to find out more, head to the SciDev Net website. That's www.scidev.net. Today's show was produced by Alice Hest, with editing and hosting by Ogechi Ekeanyao and reporting by Michael Kaluki. Until next time, goodbye. Africa Science Focus is produced by SciDevNet and distributed in association with your local radio station.